Hey, hey, y'all. This is Wanda Swan. This is Shannon Palma. And you are listening to Once Once Upon Upon a Patriarchy. Patriarchy. Today, we will use this episode to talk about um, a classic. I say a classic. I feel like almost everything is a classic. I probably used that wrong. Mulan. (laughs) And I'm excited about it. Me too. Very excited. And we have a very special guest in the booth once again with us. Y'all know how we do. We have very special guests often. Um, And Shannon will introduce our special guest today. And as usual, she will give us our background, give us some background on the origin of the story. And we'll figure out once again how Disney creatively made it trash. (laughs) (sighs) It's a formula that works. It is. We are in season two for a reason. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Shannon, I'm going to let you take it away. All right. Well, I am thrilled to introduce this guest, who is a longtime friend. Chesha Burke is a phenomenal writer. She has written and published nearly 100 fiction pieces and articles within the genres of science fiction, fantasy, and horror. She is currently pursuing her Ph.D. in English at the University of Florida, and she's an Agnes Scott alum. I am. Yeah. Her Ph.D. is on the topic of black girl magic, which is very exciting, and she is the one to to talk about it. She's currently the co-chair of WizCon's anti-abuse team and is the former co-chair of the board of directors of Karis Books and More Indicator, the nation's oldest independent feminist bookstore, which this year became Agnes Scott's bookstore True. as well. Yeah. And I still have to go and pick up the book that I ordered probably <laughs> a month ago. I'm so sorry, Karis. I'll be there. It's going to happen. Next week. Chesha's short story collection, Let's Play White, is being taught in universities around the country. Poet Nikki Giovanni compared her writing to that of Octavia Butler and Toni Morrison. Likewise, her novel, Yeah. I just yeah. grabbed my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did y'all hear that? Can you repeat that one more time for me? Just for me. Poet Nikki Giovanni compared her writing to that of Octavia Butler and Toni Morrison. I mean, I feel like it. I feel like your bio, like, I'm just going to start calling you queen. And I feel like your bio is done after that. But There's one more. There's one more. I don't don't have the capacity. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Likewise, her novel, oh, yeah, her novel, The Strange Crimes of Little Africa, which you can buy at Karis, is garnering critical acclaim by writers such as Tanana Reeve Du and Kaisi Lehman. Welcome, Chesha. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Can we clap her up? Let's clap her up. I'll clap too. Yes. The crowd goes wild. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm bowing. I'm bowing. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited to have this conversation today. Um, I know that Shannon is our resident fairy tale expert and our our historian. So I know that you have, as I've seen via the Twitters, <laughs> you have done some extensive work in order to bring forth some origin stories today. So tell us about Mulan or how we, what we know about Disney's version of Mulan. All right. So this is actually, this is another one of those, well, one of the things we're doing this season is we're a little bit outside my regular area, which is fairy tales, right? We're with legends and with historical based uh, folks, original stories, things right. like that. Well, Mulan still feels in many ways like coming home because there are actual texts. Mm -hmm. There's the Ballad of Mulan, which is a poem. There's the Song of Mulan, which is another poem. There's plays. There's there's a lot of 
of texts, and it is a le- it is considered a legend. It's not clear whether Milan actually lived or not. Mm-hmm. Right. But we've been talking about her since uh, at least the 12th century. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So... The 1998 film is uh, loosely based on the Ballad of Milan, which chronicles the legend of Milan. Milan was a Chinese warrior woman who lived in the 5th or 6th centuries. Different versions of her story place her either before or after that as well. It's basically between the northern and somewhere between the northern and southern dynasties. The ballad and another poem about Mulan both appear in a 12th century compilation. And then there's not a lot until a play in the 15th century. But in most, if not all, of these early tellings, Mulan has her parents' blessing when she goes. And I want to just kind of pull that thread in early on. Okay. really interesting. So we're going to really look at the original ballad. But first, I want to set some context because that also really plays into what is portrayed in Disney's film. Language in the poem indicates that Mulan was living in the northern part of China, which at that point, it's divided. There's northern China and there's southern, like there's a, there's a northern state and there's a southern state. And the northern state is ruled by the Northern Wei Dynasty. And I'm going to do my best with my semi-southern drawl to pronounce. <laughs> I did look up the pronunciation of all of these words, but I am not going to get all of the diphthongs and the tonal aspects, and I'm going to butcher this. My apologies to any native Mandarin speakers Fair enough. <laughs> for that. So the rulers of the Northern Wei Dynasty weren't Han Chinese. They weren't ethnic Chinese. That's pretty key here. Yeah. Okay, they were, the Wei Dynasty was founded by the Tuoba clan of the Zhenbei. These are, this is a Turkic people who had more of a nomadic culture and eventually conquered everyone around them. Hmm. Okay, so the Beiwei had to, they didn't have a, a, a way of, they didn't have infrastructure for ruling an empire, so they relied a lot on the Chinese infrastructure, on the mm-hmm. Han Chinese for creating that, and that began a process of kind of cultural assimilation into mm-hmm. the people that they had, they had conquered, right? right? But the way that that happened was the upper classes gradually adopted more Chinese ways, but this alienated them from the lower classes and the military. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because that was within their own ethnic group. Right. Right? So they sponsored Buddhism as a state religion that gave them more cred in having a multi-ethnic empire, but the Han Chinese felt this conflicted with their worldview Mm -hmm. and their view of the importance of family and ancestry, and the balance of power flipped at least once. Likewise, the military, the conflict between the ruling class and the military also manifested in at least one flip in power, including a revolt and a brief division into eastern and western states. Oh, wow. So it's over 100 years of this kind of... Activity. This activity, yeah. Right. All right, so in the ballad, Mulan's father is most likely called to war against, and this I'm going to probably butcher, the Ruran. Uh, but it's a splinter group of the same ethnic group who'd conquered and ruled that part of China. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay? So the movie has completely screwed up. Right. Yeah. This depiction, the depiction yeah. of this, yes. it's a Confucian Chinese civilization, like right. a Han civilization. Right. And they're fighting the Huns. And the Huns were in Central Asia. They weren't, they were like invading the Eastern Roman Empire. Oh, I smell <laughs> a sham, Disney. I smell a sham. Why are you so difficult? They're not yeah. even over here. Like. So there's <laughs> some you stuff. can't even call this a simplification. Like no, right? no. they're not simplifying this no. at all. They haven't it's just wrong. They haven't 
paid attention to right. like they it's a very American view of what China is, which mm. is this kind of monolithic right. Confucian exactly. Chinese mm-hmm. sort exactly. of thing, which is like no, China's humongous. Right. There's a there's a ton of different cultures right. within it and especially if you're going back into the five and six hundred mm-hmm. common era, like yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's the that that context I think is really important for understanding the movie and then understanding what's happening that plus the plus the poem I think really kind of sets us up. Mm-hmm. So in the Ballad of Mulan, sometimes called the poem of Mulan, Mulan is weaving and the shuttle sound ask her like the weaving like she's mm-hmm. like it's asking her like what's going on in your head? Who are you thinking about? Who is who is daughter? Who's in daughter's heart? Aww. Who's in her mind? And the answer is no one, because what she's thinking about is that the draft notices have posted. Mm-hmm. And she's, that father's name is on them, but he has no grown-up son. He ha- she has no elder brother. She wants to go in his place. And then the next, the next verse, she buys a spirited horse in one market, a saddle in another, a bridle in another, a whip. They're all in different marketplaces, so she's doing it. So that yeah. it can't, it's not clear to anyone else what she's doing. What she's doing. Mm-hmm. And then she takes leave of her parents and goes off to war. Okay. So in, in different versions, it's more explicit versus not explicit. But in each one, she does say goodbye to her parents. And in, in some, like she and her parents decide together that she will mm-hmm. go in his place. In mm-hmm. some, it's very clear that she's already trained right. militarily. Right. Okay. Oh, okay. Hmm. That's important right. to know. Yeah. 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 In, in none of them, even though there's this kind of like, are you thinking about a boy? The answer is no. Like, there's not a, there's not a love interest mm-hmm. right. in this. Mm-hmm. Even when she gets there. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's some versions later where there's a love interest when she comes back. Mm-hmm. Like, she marries a neighbor boy. But. Cool. Yeah. Not the central focus not of the, the story. Not the central focus of the story. Right. Disney. What so, are you doing? I love What some they of the, always do. Right? Ah. Oh. I love some of the language in the poem, and it's in translation. So I'm going to read, just like quote a couple lines, because I just think it's really beautiful. She goes 10,000 miles on the business of war. She crosses passes and mountains like flying. Northern gusts carry the rattle of army pots. Chilly light shines on iron armor. Generals die in a hundred battles. Stout soldiers return after ten years. Hmm. That's the entire war. Mm-hmm. Right. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So when the soldiers return, the Khan, or the Son of Heaven, and that's, again, that's like a reference to the Wei, um, the, the Wei dynasty. Like the, the, mm-hmm. that, the nomadic people were the ones who had a Khan, like mm-hmm. not the Confucian emperor, mm. right? So the Son of Heaven is giving out promotions and prizes, and she asks only for a swift mount to take her home. Her family comes out to welcome her, father, mother, elder sister, little brother. There's this great line that her little brother, he, he wets the knife quick, quick for pig and sheep. <laughs> so he's going, like, they're, they're killing the fatted calf, mm, they're killing, yeah. right? Yeah. She goes to her chambers and changes into women's clothes, and, and it's this kind of seamless transition back to mm-hmm. putting on the ways of, wom- of womanhood. And she goes out, and when she greets her old comrades, they're all amazed that in 12 years of traveling together and fighting together, they never realized she was a woman. Mm-hmm. And the ballad has this really great closing where they really question the, the they, they get at the slipperiness of gender. Mm-hmm. The he hair's feet go hop and skip. The she hair's eyes are muddled and fuddled. Two hairs running side by side, close to the ground. How can they tell if I am he or she? Right. 
Right. So you can't tell a man from a woman when right. they're in action. Right. Which is fabulous. So that's that's the the earliest known version of the legend. Why didn't we just go with that, Disney? I mean, that is a very interesting story. Like I'm captivated and mm-hmm. I am I'm ready to know more about that particular version. I mean, Shang was cool, but I didn't really need Shang. I mean, but then how are you going to insert your patriarchy, right? Truth. Truth. So in there were various film versions, and there there's a sev- okay. So there is one one version that I think is is cool. Just to kind of mention in the 17th century, the story had become more popular. There were different versions of it, and you get them emphasizing ethnic identity more. So like Mulan has a Turk father and a Chinese mother, right? In, hmm. in one of them, and it's her father. She goes to her place. In the historical romance of the Sui and Tong, she bonds with the king's daughter, who's also a warrior woman. And they become bonded sisters. And in that version, they lose the war and they offer their lives for their men's. They're spared, but Mulan's father's dead and she's basically going to be forced to become a concubine. Mm. And so she kills herself. So these themes Mm. of honor and suicide and chastity and ethnic identity begin to kind of play more of a role. When we get to the Disney version, how that rolled out, they had become a little bit more interested in different Chinese legends and things like that. And they had optioned several books by Robert D. Sansuchi. I don't know if it's Sansuchi or Sansuchi, mm-hmm. um, but a children's author, mm-hmm. basically. And um, he had a manuscript. One of the manuscripts he had in progress was this on, based on the song of, of Fa Mulan. Mm-hmm. Okay? So... They offered director Barry Cook two projects. One was a Scottish dragon story. One was Mulan. And he was like, oh, you know, you know there's dragons in Chinese culture. You should put the dragon in, in Mulan. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's how we got Eddie Murphy. And that's how we got Eddie Murphy. I, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So the original, so the original research team, and this kind of goes to we've talked a lot in various episodes about how Disney approaches, like, oh, we shall do this culture. Um, (laughs) They spent a couple of weeks traveling around China and taking pictures of landmarks and things like that. They went on vacation again. They went on vacation again. It's like they did in New Orleans. Spring break is not enough time for you to grasp an understanding (laughs) of people's complex culture. Yeah. Well, and the film... But you get to walk the Great Wall, right, and have fun and take pictures. And you end up with a tourist version. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Mm. So the film flopped in China, which in mainland China. Did it? Yeah. Not uh, surprised. It closed in Hunan province after taking just $30,000 at the box office in three weeks. Wow. China's official Xinhua news agency, this is a quote from an article, and I'll put it in the show notes. The agency described the legendary heroine as foreign-looking in her Disney incarnation and said the heroine's mannerisms were too different from the Mulan of Chinese folklore for viewers to recognize. Mm. Oh, wow. How Mm -hmm. insulting. Right. How insulting is that? In Shanghai, only 200,000 of the city's 14 million person population went to see the film. This is another quote. Which was one of the most profitable movies in Disney history elsewhere in the world. So they just opted out. Nope, this isn't us. Yeah, We're right. Not this. Like, can you imagine a level of insult that they had? Yeah, well, actually, I can. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
So it's it's really interesting also because DreamWorks was doing something, I think it was DreamWorks was doing a film around the same time and really did a lot of work to understand Chinese culture mm-hmm. and had great success mm. um, in... And, and I can't remember the name of the film. Okay. I'll try and I'll try and uh, find it for the show notes. But mm-hmm. um, it's it, it's it's fascinating. Disney really relies. On, Disney wasn't worried about China as a market. No, they no, weren't they thinking weren't. about it. They weren't. And it's super significant here for Asian American little girls, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My, uh, which my niece is one, and she knows every single song. Right. Right. Yeah. So. And how hard would it have been for Disney to hire a Chinese historian, right? right? Someone who was very familiar with this information to at least help guide them. I guess I'm asking too much, I think. You're not. like, <laughs> <laughs> You're not. You're not asking for too much. I think that, I think Disney, I, I think when it comes to the quote-unquote easy stories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Disney is so, Disney's whiteness is so centered. Yeah. And when you have Mulan, when you have the Frog Princess, you see what the the discomfort with what they perceive to be other, right? The otherness, right. the othering, right? And it's just like I, I, we're on season two, and I'm like, we're on season two, <laughs> Disney. We're in 1998 right now, right? Like, right? Legit, you haven't grown. You have not grown. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's what continues to just be, I'm not even surprised, like, it just continued disappointment, right. I guess, because I think for me, it, it's like, you know, like, your number's one hitting, right? So you know that this is, this is hot garbage. You right. know that this is trash. And yet and still, when you think about the Frog Princess, that comes way after Mulan. Right. So the same thing that you did with the Frog Princess was based on the same research, air quotes, that you took with Mulan, Mm -hmm. and you knew what happened. Right. I think what's interesting here is that you're right. It's the whiteness that's centered, right? Mm -hmm. And not only that, but they take away the ethnic cultures of even white people. Everything is about this one homogenized idea of what it is to be, you know, um, a princess or what it is to be a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And they can't think outside of that and are unwilling to even do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, mm, mm, mm. Okay. Shannon, before I, because I am, I'm revving mm-hmm. up. I feel it. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. Right. Mm. Um, are you, do you have any other uh, tidbits to share from your research? I have thoughts. <laughs> you have feels. I have feelings. I have thoughts. Mm-hmm. I have things to say. All right. But none of them come from research. All right. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, let's just jump right into it because I want to hear all of it. Tesha, if you can start us off by telling us what are some of the things that came up for you, I don't know if this is a rewatching for you. Okay. Um, or if you, or this is your first time watching it, but can you tell us what you felt the first time you watched it and the rewatching of it? Okay, interesting. So the first time I watched it, I would have been a kid, right? Um, I loved it. I loved it. It's still, to be honest, as much as I hate myself for it, is okay. one of my favorite Disney films. I think it does 
I think it's better than some of the others, but I know that's not saying a lot when we're talking about Disney, right? Right. Um, but I guess themes as a kid, I was thinking that Milan was just kind of this great, like, that she did what she wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that did that does bother me a little bit and it did even as a kid was you know I kind of thought oh wow she's going against her parents and she kept embarrassing her father right Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that it was like but Mm -hmm. and I kept even as a kid I kept saying well why don't you just stop (laughs) you could just not do that and and it things would probably be less you know terrible than what you're making them but when on my re-watching I realized that one of the songs actually says something along the lines of I'm trying, but I can't stop it. It mm-hmm. says something, and I can't remember exactly what said, but she says, for some reason, I cannot not do the things that I'm doing. Yeah. And I don't remember exactly what said, but I do now think that one of the things Disney was trying to do was to say or to show that her independence was greater than her, you know, it, it, they they crouched it in loyalty, but it wasn't quite mm-hmm. loyalty, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because she's going against her parents, right? Which is both an empowering thing, but it's also really disrespectful mm-hmm. of your family. And what's interesting in finding out some of the history is that when you see that her parents knew and mm-hmm. her parents gave her permission, that to me opens it up and makes it even more powerful, mm-hmm. right? And so Disney. Ignoring this makes no sense, mm-hmm. you know, other than to kind of look at individuality as more more important than your family and your family obligation. That's exactly what I was thinking. Right. It's American values. Exactly. Right. It's an Americanization. Exactly. Right. Because exactly. disrespecting your father... And a lot of cultures is absolutely, like, you don't want to do Why that. Especially do that? since her dad loved her so very much, even in the film. Mm-hmm. Right? Even in the film. So that's probably... That that comes to mind now. So I guess some of the things that I would look at is honor, loyalty, mm-hmm. romance, unfortunately, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and womanhood. I guess I would say, mm-hmm. and I would I would kind of separate that between feminism, right? Mm-hmm. And I would look at like what really is the difference in what are, what is Disney trying to tell us here? Right. Mm-hmm. What do they want to say to us? And I'm right. not sure what they want to say to us. One is what we're getting, but also two, if it is what we're getting, it's probably the wrong message. Right. <laughs> right. So those are kind of the things that come up. What do you guys think? I think you're right. I think for me rewatching it, one of the things that I didn't realize was how many references to cross-dressing mm-hmm. were yeah. actually yeah. in this film yeah. like as a child I I don't I didn't I didn't hear it or I heard it and you know I I was one of those kids I know every song Yeah me too I know every song mm-hmm. and and as an adult yes. when I yes. sing the songs and there's a part that makes me ugh mm-hmm. I curse I curse the mm-hmm. song and then I keep singing it Yes <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Right. And I'm like... And even love it, right? Be honest, I, you do. Yeah. You love it. I love song. it. Like, uh, Mister, like, I'll make a man out of you. Yeah. 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 Is my go-to. Me too. Yeah. I will sing that song Me until the end too. of time. Me too. Like, Me too. Like, you mine. You must be... Like, that breakdown when yes. it's like acapella. Yes. Like, and then you have, like, the, the training and when they get everything together, yes. I'm like, yo, this is like the Bulls this- 96 championship. <laughs> yes, let's go. Yes. Let's go. Time clock, you know? Yes. I have desperately and 
for for the longest time wanted to know how do you actually like enact being as mysterious as the dark side as of the, the moon. dark side of the moon. <laughs> like, I don't understand. It's Listen, a question that obsesses me. Like having <laughs> gone to Agnes Scott College. <laughs> And being forced, right, to actually, well, I had to take, I had to take, what was it, a science or something along those lines. And I decided that I was going to kind of pretend at least that I was not going to, you know, do as much of the work as I wanted to. So that being said, that's a little background on this, right? So that being said, I, I took astronomy, right? So one of the things that I learned is there's, there's literally no dark side of the moon. At some point, yeah, we no. see all, yeah, there's no what? dark side of the moon. I may not have learned anything else in that entire class, but I did learn there is no dark side of the moon. Yeah. There you go. You like you just blown my mind. <laughs> exactly. Is it because the moon? Also... We we yeah returns. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I so mean, we see I should have yeah. put that together yeah. with the logic. That we I... trust Disney too much. <laughs> we do. That's the we issue. The issue is that much. we rely on Disney yeah. for so many it's things. No There's no dark there, side of the moon. Y'all, there is no dark side of the moon. There is no dark. Mm-hmm. Shane. My mind is blown. What yeah. were you saying, Shane? What did you do to me? Was it deeper than we thought? It was just so cute that you're watching and you're like, okay, he whatever you say. He had shirt on through the whole movie. Listen, but he had nipples. He did have nipples. Did. Wait, does he? He does have does nipples, he? right? I thought he did. I think he has nipples, which yeah. is a new for Disney, if I, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think he but did I might have be nipples. No, he I has pecs. He... he has pecs. That we know. But I... I think he Did has I nipples. imagine nipples? I don't no. know. I think do we need to pause nipples. and look it up? That yeah, we're going to do that. Oh, yep, he has nipples. He has nipples. He does. Yes, he does. <laughs> so we can keep him, but he has nipples. Yes, he yeah, does. He has nipples. Boom. That was a long extended conversation. <laughs> it was, it's important. <laughs> but look at him. Yes, he was good looking. We, we, we can leave this up. He was cute and, 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 and like, you know, like, I, I didn't really understand him, but I felt like Disney was like, it's cool, you don't have to. Like, the, there's this angst, right? Mm. You know, tranquilize the mm. forest. Right. But I'm fire with it. Yeah. <laughs> I felt that for him. I was like, yeah, you are tranquil, yeah. but there's something brewing there, you know, daddy yeah. issues, or, yeah. or that's the thing. And he does ha- kind of sort of have daddy issues oh, because yeah. the other, oh, other guy yeah. brings it to him, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Serious daddy issues. Mm-hmm. Well, his dad dies in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, he right? does. Like his he dad does. gives him the position. Mm-hmm. There's some nepotism happening mm-hmm. there. But also a lack and of then, love. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, come here, Snookapoo. Right. I'm going right. to give you this. Right. It was I very manly. And he has mysterious. And he does have like that, all of that 30 second moment where he mourns for his dad. Yeah. Of course, no tears. Right. Right. And then he just goes back to fight. There's a. Hand clasp. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, the, yeah. Like, I put my hand on your shoulder. Right, right. And Very, Mulan, um, yeah. through Ping, is really the only one that shows emotion about throughout the entire film, to be honest. That's true. Like, I know that there was that the scene where. Other than fear they were... and anger. Fear and anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there was a scene where the skinny dipping and you saw the fear there, but it was yeah. comedic relief, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't specifically, it wasn't done in a thoughtful way to mm-hmm. kind of invoke or support that type of response. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was portrayed by characters who were considered, who weren't the lead, 
who, who, who were yeah, yeah they were they were yeah. and what really in that scene is what's really telling is that right then she was in probably the most danger that would ever come mm-hmm. right True. despite yes. the, you know what could happen she could die all of these things but if they discovered her right in that moment right. anything could have happened to her right. not just killing her but actually what they would do to her right yeah. right and it like you said it's played up for a comedy mm-hmm. right like it's ha 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 if they find you out if they see boobs then oh my god you know they're just gonna laugh at you and this is not what would happen to right her, right yeah. right i think you brought up a really important point like i think if we were able to go back into count like or, or to keep track of the actual moments mm-hmm. of like what could have been actualized harm yeah, exactly for her it right. would have probably been anecdotally less when we're talking about the actual war and more so oh, when absolutely. the training absolutely. and because mm-hmm. she has immersed herself into a culture into into a way of life that is like this microcosm and layered of the larger culture that hate like I remember watching this as a child. I was like, they hate women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They hate women. Yeah. And we are not commenting right. on on, on no. Chinese culture. Right. No, we are commenting on the Disney's characters. portrayal right. the characters of this community. Right. In yeah. this right. community. They do right. everything's hate like, do you want to? Uh, did do. you send me daughters when yeah. I asked for sons? Right. Right. You know, like I'll don't be mm-hmm. like all these. The don't be a girl. Mm-hmm. Don't act like a girl. Don't do this and like the, a girl. The dangerous, like the 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 lackadaisical way in which they just throw those things out there and how it could be portrayed as representative of an entire group or culture Mm -hmm. of folks, right? But it it was so, even as a child, even as someone who's sitting there like, but I knew that, right? I knew that I couldn't trust these people Mm -hmm. with Mulan, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so the the whole, like, there are definitely quite a bit of Rules, I felt like that happened in a very different way from other Disney cartoons that were mm-hmm. kind of laid out at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? In the beginning, when the ancestors were talking and they made the joke of, "Oh, your folks, uh, your folks decided to be a crossdresser." It, it, there was a lot of rules mm-hmm. that were laid out yep. around who you could mm-hmm. be and who you yep. can't be, mm-hmm. um, what your role is and what it isn't in a very strict way, in a very kind of in-your-face way. Right. Because right. even Mushu made a lot of jokes. Right. He called her uh, Miss Man, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When he broke the stone dragon. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, this all happened because Miss Man decided she wanted to. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so I, I watched it today, and I was just like, wait, what? It's It's simultaneously very... I don't know that I would say transphobic. I mean, transphobic as a part of it, but cross-dressing phobic, like mm-hmm. non, oh yeah, non, non-binary, mm, non-binary right? gender, yeah, yeah, phobic. But it also has these like queer moments with Li Shang. Yeah, yes. like, yeah, and right, yes. like, right. Yeah. So it's so weird. Yeah. Like, I was yeah. like, I Absolutely. like y'all deserve to be together as right. a child. I was like, oh, this is dope. Like right. y'all deserve to be together. There is some intimacy yes. here. There was intimacy. Yeah. There's body language. Yeah. That's yes. like I'm yeah. like you just drew this with with attention that that you don't often do mm-hmm. with characters exactly. that are portrayed mm-hmm. as being hetero. Right. Like there's a right. a. A physical, a physicality to the yearning kind of thing. Yeah, 
It's right. a total mind freak. Like right. I just I don't understand what Disney was doing right. to me. Like like on one end it was the these are the rules and on the other end it was like these are some these opportunities. Are, these are the way, right. These are ways we're gonna subvert it. Which is what going back just a little bit to something you said, um, about culture. Um it's really a xenophobic film, right? Um, yes, in so many yes, ways. Yes. These are how these people are. Look at what they're doing to this girl. Yep. Oh my God! You know, you know, the Chinese won't let women do anything. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, that is, you know, that's one of the things that we have to make sure that we, you know, that you see here, right? right. And we're going to make her more like little white girls, and we're going to let her subvert this, right? Mm. And that's what we're going to show you how mm. she, you know, that's where we're going to, you know, throw in our. Uh, our idea of it, right? One of the things, like in that, about talking about the the ancestors there, just for a second, that mm-hmm. line about all your all my children were acupuncturists. Oh my gosh, I don't even remember. Oh yeah, it's right before it's the cross dresser line. Like really? when I was like, all my children were acupuncturists. Like, well, not all of us could be acupuncturists. Really? Like, no. Your yeah. Great granddaughter, grand grand somebody. Had to be a crossdresser. Yeah. Wow. So there's like, this. Whoa. The level of stereotype, mm-hmm. just the yeah. level mm-hmm. of not paying. So, so you've got like, first of all, they're portraying everyone as ethnic Chinese, which they're not. Right. They're right. like, right. It's right. not true to the legend at all. Right. They've got the Huns transported from, from like. In invading East, the Eastern Roman Empire, just, like they just picked, they them just up. picked them up, plopped them over, mm-hmm. and then drew them in this like there's still a very Orientalist, sinister way to the way that they're drawn. Right. Can we talk right, about right, the darkening yeah. of the skin? Yeah. Can we talk about that? Yeah, and monstrous. They yeah. really mm-hmm. are. They almost look non-human. Even the hawk. I yeah. was like, what? How? <laughs> How though? <laughs> yeah. Even the hawk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this solid like grayish tone to their skin, mm-hmm. and it felt very see- like they were othered. They, mm-hmm. definitely they were, were othered in a way definitely. where you knew that they didn't belong, right. quote unquote, belong. Right. And it was a, they were a racialized. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 we know that Disney has a nasty, nasty history um, of doing that mm-hmm. often with nearly everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Can I? Okay, every so often I have these moments of just like realism intervention, like something about this cartoon has just jumped the shark in such a way so that I, even though it's a cartoon, even though there is a talking flying dragon and there is a cricket with lots of, you know, agency and the cricket has so much anxiety. Poor cricket is just someone just laid on the cricket's shoulder. The pressure. Yeah. When they go over the cliff. When she, her, Li Shang, and the horse, the horse and the dragon, and, and the, the cricket. cricket, and they with one piece of rope. Do you know how much a horse weighs? <laughs> but not with only that, somehow they had wrapped that rope around the horse. <laughs> yeah. Because when they get up, I noticed this actually. When they get up, the horse go, get, go, walks up on the land, and the rope is attached to the horse and not to them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, and somehow they get a... I, How'd she I, get it? And so while listen, falling, manage to... I will believe dragons before I believe that rope <laughs> getting them. The rope that he actually shot from an arrow. Like, what is happening here? So this is a lightweight rope. And this is not like nylon. No. This is, no, this is not a synthetic. No, 
static they, material. They shot back and landed in his hand. Give me dragons. Give me talking crickets. You can keep your rope because I can't do it. Thousand oh, no. pounds no. easily no. that they're trying to kill. No. Yeah. I see me with yeah. all those people here. I am and the dragon. And I the am like, dang, Mulan's thighs are as strong. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's been training. <laughs> But dang, Mulan, like you have the you have the capacity to keep listen. a horse together, girl. <laughs> you can bring a horse listen, to the listen. girl. You are you I, are right, dangerous. Right, we saw you climb that pole, but I am not convinced. <laughs> I am not convinced you and this horse is happening right now. I'm just not. I, <laughs> that was one of. <laughs> I did, I did. I spent a whole like I rewinded. I, I, I had to stop. Yeah, I had to stop it. I was like, no, yeah, no, yeah. I'm wait. Mm-hmm. I love, I love the music in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had many feelings about a yeah. lot of other things, but but logistically, str- this, logistically this is not going to work. Right, right. It's so racist. <laughs> like the thing about like it, I was, I was just thinking about how. At the end, when Mushu was celebrating again with the ancestors and screamed out, egg rolls for everybody. Oh! I was like, yeah. whoa! Yeah. yeah. Whoa! Yeah. But at this moment, though, I do want to shout out Eddie Murphy. You can literally, like, you have some power here, right? You can mm-hmm, say, yeah, mm-hmm. this is one of the things I'm not going to say. Yes. Yeah. I'm not yeah. doing that. Yeah. Right? Like, you weren't trying, like, you were right. Eddie Murphy in exactly. 1998. You were, Eddie, you were literally yeah. Eddie Murphy in 1998. You could have made different yeah. choices. And yeah. Not yeah. Some of these things are egregious. Yeah. Yes. Right? Well, it was interesting to me, I mean, Ming-Na Wen is the voice actress for Mulan. Mm -hmm. I understand why she took that role. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was the very first Asian Disney princess. Mm -hmm. She is a phenomenal actress. I'm very grateful to her for taking that role. Mm -hmm. I think it was really, really important in terms of representation. Leia Salonga did the the songs, did the musical voice. Okay. Leia Salonga was also the lead in Miss Saigon. Mm-hmm. And just it struck me how hard like and BD Wong was also in the movie, mm-hmm. and then they were the voice some of the main um, voice actors. Dosny Oz Donny Osmond did Lee Shang's singing voice. What? Really? Yeah. What? Really? And that ruined that for me. Yeah, <laughs> but quite done. It shows you then, like it, it, it reinforces how limited mm-hmm. the roles for Asian American actors mm-hmm. have been, and wow. the opportunity to do anything. Right, right. right. So, like, Leia Salonga's career was made by Miss Saigon, which is a Broadway show that really, the depiction of the Vietnam War is just. Mm-hmm. Highly problematic. Right. But there's just not a lot of, there's so little in terms of opportunity. Right. And that does, I think, it goes to the, to Eddie Murphy being in it and Absolutely. things like that. Like, there was not a lot of opportunity for, for black actors, mm-hmm. but there was more. Right. And there was certainly plenty for Eddie Murphy. And he could do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Eddie yeah. could have stayed his tail at home. I don't know why he was there. Eddie could have stayed at home. I really don't know why he was there. I, I don't. So mm-hmm. they went dragons. 
who then went dragons oh eddie murphy like i don't understand like that is not a natural that's not a natural fit for me so i don't know where where that comes from let's put all the really racist stereotypical yeah. lines or as many as we can mm-hmm. about... and give it to the black guy yeah. mm-hmm. i think it's yeah. a cop out yeah yeah oh, yeah. yeah yeah if it's, he's saying it it's right. right like he can say it he's right. eddie murphy mm-hmm. right mm-hmm and it's then you cover. can say, right, it's cover. Um, one is cover because he's black, but two, he's a comedian, right? Yeah. It's just jokes. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So it's not really, you know, offensive because it's really just kind of funny. Because most of the, because the, the acupuncturist comment is also in a scene with Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the ancestors. Mm-hmm. So it's the scenes with Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. that have some of the most egregious content. And isn't he the only one, I don't remember, did anybody else use the term cross-dressing? Because I remember him using he it. He used it the when ancestor. the ancestors used oh, okay. it. So it was but within that space. Principle. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. It was within that space. I'm trying to think. I don't remember. Anything. I don't remember. I don't think it was referenced verbally outside of the ancestors with Eddie Murphy's character. Mm-hmm. But there was a poignant point at the end where the characters of the buffoons cross-dress, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think like it, it is something that yeah. was, I think it, it existed. It was a thread that existed throughout the storyline. Yeah. But Lee Jang yeah. doesn't. But Lee Zhang does not. Yeah. He does that not. is true. Yeah. He does not. He does not. He uses his cape. Mm-hmm. Right? Zhang yeah. doesn't. And then um, right. Mulan doesn't have the concubine. Right. Doesn't have the traditional. It's it's the guys. And so it's played fully for a joke. Yeah. So right. it won't be her in the fight scene. Right. right. It'll just be the three of them. Right. right. Which, why on earth would she be there with the three of them? Right. And they're dressed That's... like concubines, and she's not. Like, what exactly are they trying to do there? Right. 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 It's all confusing. Mm-hmm. There's no confusing. logic to that whatsoever. It is simply, just simply a joke. Gosh, this thing is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, it, it comes at me in waves. But, yeah, so, Shifu, can we talk a second about the character who... Was he a scribe or was he a Oh, the, the emperor's. Oh, the little thin guy. The guy. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. yeah the, he was very, like, juxtaposition yeah. of, like, the strong manly mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Chifu was a character that I also questioned why was he there. I know he was there to, re- to restate and reiterate mm-hmm. the narrative around the patriarchy, around the discrimination, uh, to keep the status quo, right? Mm -hmm. And even his character became like the butt of a joke, right? Because Mm -hmm. he was so tied to these things, but there's a juxtaposition with how he presented. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Right, so he aligned with or at least bought into so many of these stereotypes and mores, right? But there were also moments where he did not he just didn't add up to it in mm-hmm. that way. He would never be a, a Lee Shang, right? Mm-hmm. But it really made me think about like the the folks who support and who work really, really hard to maintain these stereotypes and maintain the patriarchy in in order as as a, a vehicle, right, to somehow one day try to 
gain possession of some of these privileges that are not quite accessible to them, right? Mm-hmm. There are privileges that Lee Shang has that he will never have, yeah. right. right? But I'm wondering if it was a, if I continue to follow this line and, and perform, because in a lot of ways it was performance, mm-hmm. will I have closer access mm-hmm. to the life that Lee Shang has? Which, by the way, is a sucky life because his daddy act like he don't like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. he really wants love. Um, he's quite confused throughout. Like, I, I don't know what type of strategist he's supposed to be. <laughs> uh, Mulan is definitely more of a strategist than he is. He doesn't have the foresight to, to be in in the space that he's in. I don't think so. I mean, he's a good fighter. He's not a strategic He's not thinker. a leader, right, yeah, in yeah. that way. But I think he was pushed to it. And so it was really interesting that it was this idea of Chief Fu trying to create and cultivate and support something that Li Shang wasn't even good at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think for Chifu, he, like, there's this moment between him and Li Shang that uh, Chifu says to him, I earned my place. Yeah. Mm, right? That's right. And um, he obviously is doesn't like him. Like, yeah. everything he's doing is trying to ensure that he can make sure that he gets Li Shang out of this position. Right. He doesn't think he deserves it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think he needs to be there. What's interesting is that he is, they, the, the writers feminize him in a way, mm-hmm. and, and the way he's drawn is it feminizes him in a way that really doesn't quite make sense, Mm-mm. right? If yeah. you think about it, right? Because you have all of these characters, they are kind of buffoonish, you know, they don't know what they're doing. Really, Mulan is the smartest of the entire group, mm-hmm. everyone there. She's way more capable than anyone there, right? right? But then still this character, Shifu stands out as the mean guy, the Mm -hmm. bad guy. Mm -hmm. And he's a bad guy that is not physically intimidating to a military force. Why? Hmm. Well, there's a couple things, I think. That's a really good point. There's a couple things I think happen there that are really interesting to me. One is that, First of all, stereotypical portrayals of Asian masculinity. Right. Right? Feminized. Right. That's right. Not sexy. Absolutely. Sneaky. Right. This kind of, Absolutely. it's the same kind of dynamic, not quite Absolutely. as racialized, more more along the gender lines, mm-hmm. but this, this that Orientalist thread, the spaghetti mm-hmm. westerns, the old kind right. of like, mm-hmm. exactly. the way that America portrays the Far East. Right. Right. right? Which in and of itself is fascinating language. But yeah, that's one word for it. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, we could say racist. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating, mm-hmm. super racist. Right. The the other piece of that is that actually he's right. He's a jerk, but yeah, he's he, right. He's not right. wrong because if <laughs> right. Ping, right. Ha- if Mulan hadn't been there, right. All of Li Shang's people would be dead. Everybody would be dead. Right. Because he makes, and so would the emperor. The mm-hmm. war would be lost. Right. Mm-hmm. Because Li Shang makes the wrong call. Right. Every time there's a strategic decision to be right. made. Every time. Right. He hasn't earned his place. He is a good fighter. Right. He's a good fighter and he's a good trainer. Right. But mm-hmm. he's too junior. Mm-hmm. He's not experienced. Mm-hmm. Right. He doesn't understand how to fight a war. Right. Because he's going to shoot, he's trying to shoot the leader as opposed to take out the army. Right. Right? Right. He's he's focused on a man instead of the greater the greater mission. Right. He doesn't believe like he doesn't listen to Mulan once he once he finds out she's she's a, a woman, mm-hmm. he ignores her and presents as the like when she's saying that the Hun 
survived, that they're and, there, and that they're invaded. The city, like, yeah. he, he, he won't even listen. He dismisses her. He goes in and he allows the... And then he's defeated. Right. <laughs> like, right. He fails at every turn. He got molly Like, can we talk about... Right. Mm-hmm. He lost about a lot of fights. Li Shang. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he's right about Shang. Yeah, he is. He absolutely you is. You know, Shang is not qualified for his position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a great guy who looks fabulous with, with his, shirt, his off. shirt off. And, and he has nipples. And he has, he has nipples. nipples. <laughs> right. But nipples does not make. Mm-mm. It's not a military mastermind no. make. Right. No. Right? Like, Chifu earned his spot. He doesn't trust Li Shang. He's right. Right. He's right. He's right. also super sexist and yes. a jerk. Uh, yeah, he, he is. is. He really he's is. He's not good. But I he's think, just right. I think I'm thinking now that maybe his character was crafted in that way because they needed someone to blame it on. Mm-hmm. Like, not only is he right, but he lives by the same principles that everyone else within that militaristic structure believe in and live in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lee Shang looks great without a shirt on. He's still the same type of jerk mm-hmm. yeah. that Chi Fu is. Yeah. But he doesn't talk about it right. in the same way. Yeah. And so and he's not a stickler in the same way. He tells the weak guy to leave. Right. You know, he doesn't listen to her when she's a woman. But he still he still is a very important part of that of that. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe it was we need someone we need someone who is the worst out of this group of folks who are believing this so that mm-hmm. we can fixate. And mm-hmm. so then it's not necessarily an everybody issue. It's a Chifu issue. Mm-hmm. Which how often does that happen in mm-hmm. our society? Like no, 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 no. You know, Shang is a good guy. He's just in a bad system. But Chifu Right. We hear okay. that all the time. Okay. Yeah. Fu's yeah. a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Chang, yeah. Chang just is mistaken about some things, but you know, it's And just, it's the system. Okay, I like it. System. Yeah, I you know, agree. It's just yeah. the system. He I can't do that. anything about it. Mm-hmm. No, he can. Okay. The marriage plot. <laughs> oh, God. Like, why do we have a matchmaker in this? <laughs> Listen. I got nothing. (laughs) Like, other than to, right, literally set her up, like, show this, the type of society it is, Mm -hmm. right? We need to know, you know, as I was saying earlier, that this is, this is the way those people are. It's another xenophobic land. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're going to make her do this. They're going to make her get married. Um, You know, um, we're going to completely ignore that. Well, you know, really, you're kind of basing this on a Eurocentric idea of Mm -hmm. society. But, okay, we're going to pretend like that's them, right? And then we're going to um, show what she has, a certain type of subversion, Mm -hmm. right? We're going to pretend like she is subverting Mm -hmm. the bad people around her. It isn't Mulan, right? Mulan isn't the problem. The problem is the society that wants to force Mulan into this role, which in a lot of ways, that's true. The problem here is is that, that one isn't really even based on a story that was written Right. Yeah. What are we talking? Fifth century? Yeah. Right? Like, and so it isn't even... Or it's telling about a kid. About a story, right. In the fifth or sixth right. Yeah. So it isn't even as subversive as a story right. that's written 
in the fifth century, right? Yeah. You're actually <laughs> scary. less subversive. Oh, that's so right? scary. So we have to see this matchmaking. We have to see all of these people in order to justify what she does when oh, really wow. the justification yeah. was already there yeah. because her parents supported her. Yeah. Right? That's scary, right? That's so scary. <laughs> yeah. That there's there's yeah. versions of this the versions date back to the twelfth century. Wow. And they were probably written before that. They right. say they were written right. before that. Mm-hmm. They but like our our oldest extant version that mm-hmm. we can you know right. is twelfth century. And that's that they are more progressive. Right. Around right. yes. Right. Right. What they, we would now consider progressive. Right. They're way ahead of us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all a sham. (laughs) It's all a sham. None of this is real. That's a good point. That was an excellent point. Yes. Wow. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You nailed it. Any other (laughs) themes that come up for us? There's so much I can say about the matchmaker. Like, the lyrics. I think at one point when the lyrics say that, you know, there's no way a man will be able to look at her and say no sale. Yeah. That's one, the, like, that's yeah. a line. It's like, of course she's going to make it. There's no way someone is going to say no sale to that. Right. Because that's what's up. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. 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 The... Like, I didn't, again, like, 1998 me? No, didn't, I didn't. It, right. It's not, right. Yeah, you wouldn't, right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Cheshire, you said something about, like, why doesn't she just stop, right? Like, why doesn't she just stop disrespecting her father? Right. It occurred, like, one of the things that I wrote in my notes when I was rewatching it was there is no way. They make her out to be a complete klutz. Mm-hmm. She's bad at everything. Mm-hmm. And she and stumbles into what she does. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way that a, a woman could infiltrate an armed camp and stay alive and keep her secret for 12 years mm-hmm. if she was not beyond reproach. Yeah. Like, if she was not yeah. phenomenal from yes. day one. Right. Right. Like, right. Like, right. That couldn't have happened. How? Right. Right? Yeah. But Disney needs a buffoon, right? That's what we have. We have lots of buffoons just kind of stumbling into the, mm-hmm. like, everyone here. No one here. Um, even, like, even when you think about someone like her father, right? He's right. getting ready to go and do this job that, he, one, he knows he can't do. Yeah. Right. right? He just literally can't even walk. He's also quite attractive too. I and he's very cute too. Like, he looks like that's that. your brother, like Mulan. I hate to tell you, but um, uh, yeah. what's his name? Lee, Lee, Lee Shin is kind of your brother because he looked right. like your daddy. He I'm just saying. Daddy. That's <laughs> I'm true. just saying because well, they only know how to make one one type of, one type of attractive, attractive Asian, Asian character. character. I, I like what you're saying. I think that what Disney created in Mulan, I don't think is that they were looking for a buffoon. I think they wanted to prove that in order to be that standout, you have to be lucky. Because oh. I think they are, I think, I think that they are, per, they are portraying her as someone who was lucky. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Someone who luckily mm. stumbled into this it's purpose. It's worse than what? It's worse. It is. Ooh. You're right. And so she wasn't. She didn't earn it. She didn't earn it. It. it she didn't earn it. She. She had. She loved her father. Yeah. She respected her father. I think she felt guilty for publicly embarrassing mm-hmm. her father, but she also knew that 
she there was something deeper but i don't think that this is a message that every girl can be mulan and i think that that's also i think i think again it's a mind freak i don't think that disney wants every girl to be snow white disney wants definitely don't want every black girl to be tiana i don't want every black girl to be tiana but disney was if that's disney's success story i don't i think it is i think these are narratives of women who were lucky right when you think about princesses specifically you're lucky to find that that you know because there's so many things that you have to be in order to be a disney princess right you have to be special um and and a lot of that comes with luck disney princess as a prince, show up and make sure your, your shirt is clean. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But well, for if you even have a shirt, because now you don't even have to have a shirt. You don't. But you, you actually don't. But you need <laughs> nipples in order for me to qualify you. Um, but yeah, I think I think that it is a story of someone who who has spunk, but who was lucky. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. So yeah, this is just a series of basically her lucking into you know, um, success, mm-hmm. right? It isn't, you're right. It, this, the message isn't that you can be Mulan, but just, but but then what is the message? Is it if you disobey your parents, then you can luck into something great? I don't even think that's the message. I don't think that's the message. I think it's more so of there are, even with her being, like, she had a good heart. Mm-hmm. She had a good heart. She's obviously a good person. She's a good person. And she puts the work in in the training. Right. Mm-hmm. And she does recognize, mm-hmm. like, once she gets trained, she recognizes opportunities, mm-hmm. like taking out the army or right. things like that. Right. But that element of luck recurs in how she survives doing mm-hmm. that, right? Because mm-hmm. she should have died. Right. Except right. Suddenly right. A, a rope can hold a horse. And they and never. A man and a Oh, oh, two two full grown humans. Two, two full grown And a dragon and a cricket. And yeah. they never attribute it throughout the film. They never attribute it to her strategic skill. Right? You know that she has something, but it's never fully you actualized. You see a couple of moments. They give you a couple of moments where you're, you're watching her think mm-hmm. or try and figure this out or right. try and figure that out. But all of those are suicide plots. Right. Mm hmm. Like, she mm-hmm. figures out how to accomplish the goal, but there's no exit strategy. Right. right. The fact right. that she survives, the fact that, it, you know, that any of these is always sheer just like, oh. And, right. and Mushu said it. Mushu said it. Um, when when they made sure that the emperor was safe and uh, she was being chased and she barred the door. Because at that point, Mushu mm-hmm. was riding the falcon, I believe. Is it a hawk or falcon? And at Maybe. that point... They were running, and he was riding the Falcon. He was like, what's the plan? And she was like, uh. He was like, you don't have a plan? She was like, I'm making this up as I go. I'm making it up as I go. Yeah. I think it's just luck. Yeah. Luck and skill. She's got, she gets the. No plan. There's no plan. Mm -mm. Her strategic, I think she's a better strategic planner, or strategic thinker, not planner. She's a better strategic thinker than anyone else there. Truth. And. She keeps stumbling into these situations and managing not to die. <laughs> Barely. I, I do think Barely. Like, there's a couple moments where they show her thinking that it's her, that she's using her brain to save the day. Mm-hmm. But, but they're, they're never beyond the immediate challenge thinking. Mm-hmm. They're always 
there's never a plan mm-hmm. for, okay, do this, do that. Wanda and I were talking yesterday at dinner about, you know, we're both very strategic thinkers. Mm-hmm. So we're always thinking about what we want to be doing or what needs to happen five years, years from now. Right. You know, like it's always five or ten years out. Right. And so right now is when you have the most flexibility. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you can, as long as you're, if for what you're planning is really far out, then you can, lots, there's lots of different ways to get there. Right. Right. But that if you're not thinking about that, right. then it, you foreclose possibilities all right. the time. And mm-hmm. this is what she does every time she saves the day. Every time you see her thinking, she's reacting. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's saving, like you see her thinking, but it's so reactive that it forecloses like she's never thinking about this about saving the day and then survive and then right. then getting to the next spot or saving her her troops or you know like right it's always the one problem right in front of me and mm-hmm. she's never a soldier y'all like yeah. she's never she's never a soldier like even at the point where the emperor bows to her and tells her for her bravery not for her skill not for you know right. but for her bravery which point. you know and she brings this stuff home to her father, like, she doesn't take the pride in it mm. that Lee Shane would have taken. Right, yeah. Right. Do you know? Right. They would have had to have a parade for me. Right. And <laughs> the gifts from the emperor right. would need their own separate horse. Right. <laughs> right. But, of course, the message being that she isn't supposed to be a soldier because, in the end, she still has to go back and be the wife. That's it. Right, That's she it. can't be too smart because what what how really smart can you be when you want need to cook? Because if she's too smart, right? she won't get married. Exactly, because if we think about what's this song where they're you know everybody talks about let's be a man, right? Mm-hmm. Which again is one of my favorites. It's I'm sorry, I'm singing it in the shower. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. right? But what is that song where they're all talking about they want a wife? Yeah, mm-hmm. the women. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. they're talking about the women, and so they name all of these. A girl worth fighting for. And so they name all of these things that they want her to be pretty, or her to cook, or her to do these. Right, Paler all of the, the things. Moon. Right, mm-hmm. right. And then the oh wow, color than right. The dark side's mysterious. Exactly. So they're talking about all these things, and what she interjects is, well, can't she be smart, or can't she be yeah, these things, yeah. right? That, to me, is one of the least subversive moments, why, right. right? Because what she could be doing is 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 talking about the ways in which women don't have to be your wife, right? right. That isn't what she says. Right. She's like, well, why not choose a woman that could be this, right? Yeah. So it's all about men choosing wives mm-hmm. that are appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. She doesn't subvert that at all. Mm-hmm. She's like, yep. well, maybe you should just choose a smart one. Yeah. Or maybe you should just choose this type of one, right? And not that, well, it isn't your choice at all anyway, right? right? She doesn't say that at all. At all. Right? Oh. So her point, her purpose is to get this done so that she doesn't embarrass her dad, right? Fall in love so she gets the man, yeah. right? Finish the task, so she can go back to be the wife. That is what it's all about, right? Yeah. She doesn't have, outside of this film, and I, I know there's a second one, I haven't seen it. No. But they're outside of this film, right, if this was a self-contained thing, she has no future. Other than no to dreams. be. And no dreams. No dreams. Right? Yeah. She did it for her dad. Then she does it for a man. And then she does it for, it's never really for herself. None of it. No. None of it. Because when she this, when No, she doesn't. Yeah, yeah. First. Yeah. When we first see Mulan, she's in bed. She is 
um, making her cheat codes, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. on her arm. Mm-hmm. But all of that is done for someone. She right. is. Yeah. She's right. not interested she in isn't. it, clearly, because right. her mama and them is already in town. Right. Right? And right. she's just like, oh. Mm-hmm. Right. Rah, 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 rah. right. She, you know. gives her, she gives her life for her father. She has no life. Right. Other than that. Like, right. her life has no worth outside. Right. Like, she only, the only future she has is to get married. Mm-hmm. She's alienated the ma- matchmaker. Right. She's embarrassed her family. Right. Mm-hmm. Publicly. Right. And she has no dreams. She yeah. had like the worst week ever. She, she, she really did. did. She did. She did. Yeah. It was tough right. out there. And then she... in the end, she still has to, she still, after having seen all of these things and done all of these accomplishments, mm. still all she can do is go and be uh, Lee Shang's wife. Mm. Which. This is the thing, like, in the in the legend, there's no, I mean, if you go back to the poem, you know, like, mm-hmm. there's no Li Shang. Like, she does this with the knowledge of her parents, you know, she she does this for good cause. Right. She brings honor to her family, right. mm-hmm. and, right. and there's, and then she just comes home and takes up her life. Right. And that's fine. Right. Like, she was worried about this, this thing that was facing her family. And she addressed the issue. Right. And that in and of itself, like in the poem, she she cares about her family. Right. Like she has right. a purpose. Her purpose is, mm. and it's not reactive. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, she's like, I'm going to do this, goes and, and, and implements the plan and does all that, which they try and give you that sense in the movie. But I, I feel like. The matchmaker, all of that, the fact that they give you these these things, these glimpses into her life before that purpose, mm-hmm. and she has nothing then, it undercuts anything. Mm-hmm. Because she, it's like, oh, yes, right. finally a purpose. She has chores. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has chores. She has nothing. Mm-hmm. So she goes and she sacrifices herself right. for her father. Right. There's, there's, in the simplicity of the poem and the fact that they don't give you any backstory, and that when she comes home... She she's like I just want a swift mount to go home. She goes home and she immediately goes and she puts her clothes back on and she kind of gets back into her space right. and she's like yeah right. like she picks up her life. It feels like right. this mm. was a thing she had to do and she goes and does it and she has she has a plan even though you don't see that in the poem. There's a strength to the right. to the writing that it never feels like she doesn't it, it feels very purposeful it feels mm-hmm. like she is very strong like right. you don't feel like she's lost right. and maybe she's coming back home for her too yeah right yeah. like because there's something else there yeah and while we can say like and and what's interesting here with the poem is that for men the poem and the film for the men they would go they would fulfill this task assuming they survive they go and they'd have their life outside of that right mm-hmm. whatever they chose to do right. right and that isn't that isn't possible for Milan right? right they get to see the world all of them you know whatever soldiers got to see the world got to do this and you know fight for honor and you know their you know their own power I guess I would say in some ways but then to actually be contained again. Right. That's what's sad about this, right? right? She had all of this possibility, but the film itself does works really hard to contain her. Mm. Wholly in the end. There's nothing for like in the poem she's not she's not miserable at home. Mm-hmm. So going home at the end, like you right. wanna like you said, right. like there's there can be something there for her, right? right? In the movie, they make really clear she doesn't like it. 
that there's nothing for her at home. There's her family. But why couldn't she accept the gifts, go home, say, you know, goodbye to her family, and then come back and be an advisor? Mm -hmm. Like, couldn't she? Why? In the film, there's no, there's nothing for her at home. Right. And there's no reason she can't bring her or bring her family to to the capital. Like, there's Mm -hmm. no reason for her to go home and be a dutiful daughter. And right. And they've imposed so many American values on it that that I I mean there totally is reason I think if you're looking in terms of a culture that values um, the family and the daughter's place in the family and and you know but that's not the culture in this movie right they haven't portrayed that right they haven't portrayed her view of herself in that way they've given us a Disney princess mm-hmm. and Disney princesses right. actually do usually leave at the end right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting, too, because, like, there is, you know that the emperor wants her to have some stake, right, or some seat at the table, but you never kind of kind of quite figure out what that is. He offers, um, um, he offers a job, he offers her, is it Chief Food Shop? Mm-hmm. And he, he kind of faints, but you never know, like, mm-hmm. what that means or what she's doing, and, um... You don't know if she took it or not. Because yeah. for me, I always assumed as a child that she didn't take it because she came home. Yeah. And so I don't quite, yeah, I just, I, I didn't get it. I didn't, yeah, yeah it wasn't enough for me. Right. just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Mm. In looking at some of the, the themes that we talked about today mm-hmm. that are, that exist over widespread, right. um, in the work that you do every day and the way in which you address anti-oppression, uh, whether it's through task forces or your writing, mm-hmm. uh, what are some things that you are able to connect in this way where you can say, oh, actually, I work to unravel some of these things that we talked about oh, today okay. every okay. day. Good question. So I think writing would be an easy one for me to um, say. And, you know, that's whether I'm doing my um, writing for academia or writing for fiction, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I... I am not a fairy tale type of person, right? <laughs> I do not even remotely yeah. write. Yeah, Shannon can attest. I don't remotely write fairy tales. Right? Okay. I write a very uh, visceral type of dark theme work, right? I write horror, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of where I ground myself is in horror. I mean, I grew up on horror, and I love horror as a as a genre because we're able to kind of examine the ways in which People react and relate to things that are, one, horrific, but also it's not that they aren't real, but it is that they offer this, they give people a chance to be good, Mm -hmm. and most people just aren't. Right. Right? (laughs) And so I look at it in this way. A lot of times I think about the ways in which characters will deal with challenges that are not necessarily our own reality, but mm-hmm. that are so great that if they can get over them, mm-hmm. then maybe we could, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm. So when I imagine horror, horror is different, I think, for black people and black bodies and minority bodies yes. than what it is for 
white people. Right. Right. Um, white people often are our whore. Right. Right. And they inflict horror on us in a right. way that we are not able to inflict it back within right. society. Right. So I very often make all, all the time my characters are non-black. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, non-white. So my characters are non-white, but my main characters are dealing with the types of oppression that are caused by whiteness, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. So I think in a lot of ways, I try to I try to subvert everything that we've talked about here, right? right? And I try to make sure that when people come to my writing, I'm hoping that what they're finding is, although I will give them a ending that they, they don't quite know how to place, mm-hmm. but I am hoping that they can place themselves in it. Mm-hmm. Right. And by the end, the whole question of what would I do or even better, what could I do to make this better? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And so I think that when I look at it that way and when I look at Mulan and I think of what could be done to make Mm -hmm. it better, I think if anyone can place themselves in that position, right, in the position of the characters, I think so much changes. Mm hmm. Right. I don't think that we would necessarily be as concerned about things like the marriage. Right. Put making sure that we show her being married, but instead showing her concern for her father being over over being way more powerful than that. Right. right? Um, Her father is sick in the beginning and yet still like this marriage thing is somehow paramount right and maybe and maybe Hmm. if you know maybe maybe the idea is that she wants to get married before he you know before he dies but even still she's peeking at him and seeing that he can't even barely hold a sword right Mm -hmm. he can't he can't do a twirl Mm -hmm. right why is this not a major concern Right. Right. Where, you know, so I think that when we think about the ways and put ourselves in the position of the characters, when I'm one, if we can do it as readers, but also when I'm doing it as a writer, Mm -hmm. I try to do it. So to make sure that there's always another option. Right. Mm -hmm. You always have a choice. Mm -hmm. Right. And we can choose one to uphold the society as it is, or we can choose instead to completely and utterly subvert it. Right. You know, this idea of creating space, Mm -hmm. amplifying, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, amplifying issues, making it plain, humanizing Mm -hmm. non-white folks. And also, you are not used to having the freedom to create narratives that don't necessarily follow these strict guidelines of existence, which Mm -hmm. means so much to me as... You know, a fat, black, nappy woman who sees often, right, Right. the stricted line, the guidelines that you have to follow. Um, Being able to shake that up Mm -hmm. and being able to kind of insert another option. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not always, there's not always a defining this is the right way to go. Right. Yeah. Right? There's there's not always, and I think I try to play on that so much in my work. Mm-hmm. Right? You do play on do that. Do I? Yeah. yeah. There yeah. isn't always a right or wrong. Right. But there's always, well, maybe I would say instead, there isn't always, the light isn't always clear, but there's always, there's almost always some kind of definitive goodness, mm-hmm. if you will. Right. And if you can rely on something that at least, you know, is good. Right. Then maybe it becomes easier to make the choice. 
mm-hmm. right? And what I mean by that is that we know without a shadow of a doubt someone like Hitler was bad, yeah. right? Right? There, there is no, there's no right. gray there, right? right? For not, not someone who's good. And that's where it comes in at. So if we know that Hitler is bad, then we know that someone who supports Hitler is therefore bad. True. Right? True. Right. So then we can very clearly begin to know the path that we can take to make sure that we don't get to where those bad people are. Right. Right. And the paths may be different. We may like they may be brighter on some sides than on others. But at least if we are taking that one path, then we have other options. And there's a there's a there's a, a type of agency that exists in this world that you created that just was not available uh, for non-white folks. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. so it it feels refreshing. Yeah, it mm-hmm. feels refreshing, and it feels it for me. It's like oh, you're giving non-white people their humanity back right. mm-hmm. yeah. in some of the most difficult, critical situations. Mm-hmm. You're giving them mm-hmm. agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've always found very compelling about your work is the sense of open-endedness mm-hmm. that's frequently there. There's not a clear, like, you play with narrative structure yeah. in a way that doesn't provide an easy, yeah. fulfilling narrative resolution so that you can then walk away and not really think about it anymore because right. everything is resolved. Right. Mm. Right, yeah. Um. Right. You leave people in a place, and this is the place where you're one of the only horror writers that I can read because <laughs> I can't do a lot of horror. Right. But you leave people in a place where they are deeply unsettled, yeah. deeply yeah. disturbed, mm, right? Say she toy. Right. Deeply, deeply disturbed. Right. Yeah. And that's just because, like I said, the path is not always clear. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. not always clear. And the choice that we need yeah. to make mm-hmm. to get down the right path yep. is not always clear. And I don't think and the reason that I leave it open ended is because like the the world doesn't give us answers. Yeah. No. Right. The world doesn't solve our problems for us. Right. And it, we can't just have a clear. Oh, well, that was a great story. I'm glad my life ended so yeah. beautifully. Like in the yeah. end, we're not none of us are going to be able to say that. Right? right. Even at the end of a journey, most people don't know that is the end of that particular journey and you're right. starting a new one. Right. right. And I just like it's so it always seems really disingenuous to me when when fiction ends on a very lovely note. And I know, and I actually kind of sort of like it when other people do it too, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. when I'm writing, I just it just feels dishonest. Well, it takes reflection in order to understand that. Like you can't you can't get that in a moment. You mm-hmm. can't get that and this is done, mm-hmm. right? right. It's, you have to continue right. moving in order to distinguish why this feels different from the other journey, mm-hmm. right? And you can't mm-hmm. do that exactly. in a moment. Exactly. And so I think that makes complete sense. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And but when we were talking about things like fairy tales and you know Disney you mm-hmm. know stories, there has to be some kind of resolution, right? It's mm-hmm. for kids. But the real question is, does it have to be so out of reach for most mm-hmm. of the children that are going to be watching it? Yeah. So right? I think that rolls us into our our last question. Yeah. It's like, how would mm-hmm. you retell it? Mm-hmm. What What would that look like for you? This is the question that I was not that I was that I was that I was not looking forward to because I don't. I'm going to be real here. I do not think it is my place to tell this story. Mm-hmm. Right? This is, this is, there, there are a lot of things that I can tell, that I can talk about, and that are my place. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but this one isn't for me. 
And it wasn't really for Disney. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yep. know, and if Disney wanted to wanted to examine this, what they should have done was do what they basically did with Black Panther. You need you, they needed to take Chinese writers, they needed to take Chinese artists, mm-hmm. they needed to take Chinese historians. They needed everybody who understood this story mm-hmm. to tell this story. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if we don't get it. Right. Yeah, Cuz it isn't for us. Right. Ooh, yeah. Exactly. So it's for them, and Disney doesn't want that. They don't want to relinquish control, and that is the problem. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I feel really good about that as an answer Mm -hmm. for this film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't know how I would answer it, but then when it came, I was like, it's just not my place. Right. It's not my place. Right. This isn't just a, a, a story that's kind of generic. No. Mm-hmm. This is right. a story that's very it's, grounded in a specific yes, culture and a specific history and a specific place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm thinking about it, like Shannon and I uh, most recently during the recording session of the Brave episode, right? Mm-hmm. Which I feel is very different because Brave is not centered on anything. Mm-hmm. No. Right? It is some woman who had a kid who was like, yo, I got this bad kid or potentially <laughs> bad kid. She getting on my nerve. Let me talk with, let me do a story of mother and daughter bonding. Hopefully it can ease my anxieties, give her some, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I have been thinking about the correlations between uh, the father figure in Brave, the father figure here, the relationship um, to responsibility of parenting in Brave or lack thereof, mm-hmm. and the relationship to uh, parenting that Mulan had, the relationship with her father, right? Um, this relationship with rules, this relationship with expectations, mm-hmm. um, and this hard line that was drawn here that wasn't necessarily there. And I found it easier for us to have conversations because Brave felt like a hodgepodge of, you know, and it was kind of messy how it all mm-hmm. came together and uh, there were some creative differences and it just became this thing. And And I think one person said that, you know, the person who actually uh ended up seeing the 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 film on like for the last like 18 months it was like oh i feel good or you know there are some influences there because i have scottish ancestry yeah <laughs> i was like uh me too bro what that <laughs> right. mean cool i'll meet you at the cool. meeting right you yeah. know what i'm saying right. but i feel like i i i felt more comfortable with that story and presenting an option because one that wasn't necessarily what the original writer mm-hmm. was leaning on. Mm-hmm. wasn't It was just placed there, but mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily what the like the original author of that text never said. Oh, right. well, this is my ancestry, and this is this is how this culture and this that, and the other. Right? It was a hodgepodge. I think here I feel similarly. You know, very it's very like. I tell people all the time, I feel like that everything that I need to know about the movement, navigating the movement, I learned this before I left Mississippi. Mm. And one of the things that I kept saying in the back of my head was, uh, I ain't got no right to to, to touch this. Right. This ain't got nothing to do with being that way. Right. Right? Because there's so much here that did not happen because Disney was so irresponsible. And there's so much that needs to happen for accurate representation. I got my own issues with Disney because in between the Lion King and uh the Frog Princess and the, what do you yeah. have? 
not that. Yep. Disappointment and anger. And re- That's ooh, a I long resent place them. Too. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just anger. How you going to have a story about the continent and you ain't got no black people mm-hmm. in it? Mm-hmm. Mad. How you going to have a story about a black princess? She a frog for half the movie. And she mm-hmm. a frog for half the movie. Mad. Mm-hmm. Mad I am. So I feel like like I got to fix that. You mm-hmm. know, like, and I, and I want to give this. I want to, I feel like everybody should have a Black Panther moment, mm-hmm. right? I feel like when it comes to, except white people. Right. <laughs> We've had a, 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 that's called, a Black that's called, Panther That's universe. called history. Right. Yeah. Uh, no. That's called America. But I feel like, you know, I feel like every culture, I feel like, I feel like every group of color mm-hmm. should have that. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that this is a story that yeah. I can right. give yeah. because yeah. I, I'm not, I am not equipped. Right, right. When we, so earlier in this season, it's been a while, but earlier in this season, we talked about Moana. And one of the mm. things that comes up with Moana. I love that one too. Yeah. It's a, oh, yeah. How did that one come out? Did he... They did a lot of research. Mm-hmm. So they got so much, they did so much investment that they didn't do for Moana. Okay. They did so much investment in getting as much as they could of the the broad, overreaching cultures mm. that they were mashing up. Right. As as accurate as possible, okay. but also as that kind of Disney mashup generic okay. as possible. So Mo- Moana is not retelling a specific legend. Right. Maui is the character that appears in so many legends throughout oh, okay. the Polynesian and Pacific Islander kind of region. So they managed to both show a respect that they did not show here mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also to kind of do that Disney theft of, yeah. like, didn't kind of disclaimer around any kind of accountability mm-hmm. that they do with a lot of the mm-hmm. European kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they balanced that in a way that that conversation didn't bring us to some of the places that we've gone in this one where they're taking a legend that belongs to a people that were not consulted. A whole people. A yeah. whole people yeah. that were not consulted. And that's grounded in, regardless of whether she lived or or not, that legend is grounded in place. That legend is mm-hmm. grounded mm-hmm. in culture. That mm-hmm. legend has, like, they're, they're just, they butcher right. it. Yeah, they do. And yeah, I don't think that's our yeah, story to retell. Yeah. We are going to, they're, they're making an, another movie. They're making a live-action version. It's supposed to come out next year. And they're radically changing it. Mm-hmm. So there's no Shang. There's no Mushu. Really? Yeah. They're supposedly going back to the source material. Really? And it's, uh, yeah. I so, wish I could trust right? <laughs> Disney to do. Um, like, the de- if they surprise me, I'll be happy. Right. That'd be great. The debate that I'm seeing now is actually within the the Chinese diaspora, right? So not just Han people, but within all of China, and then not just within like all the different peoples that that are Chinese, mm-hmm. um, in terms of nationality, and then also all of the different people who are Chinese overseas, mm-hmm. right? So that it's not just mainland China. Right anymore, right. and so the debate I'm seeing now within the the Chinese, the English language Chinese press, mm-hmm. is whether Disney has gone so far to like 
pandering to a one China policy to the one China myth that mainland China puts out that like that's the tension that you're seeing now but that's again that's and I think that's a conversation that'll be really interesting to have but we can't have it until the movie until we see that movie Mm -hmm. and put those two in conversation we you know that's a conversation I think we'll we'll probably revisit at a point in time um again with the knowledge that it's not our ours to answer mm-hmm. right. right and i think when we move out of the fairy tale as we're moving out of the fairy tale narratives like we're, we're going to rub up against these yeah. things um yeah. because i think like disney uh we're realizing when we're when we're pulling from and looking at the origins of these stories there's going to what Disney should have done and what we're working to do is to create space for that. And I think that, you know, I think it's going to continue to happen. I'm excited about it and I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see what we do and how we uh, accommodate that. And we are open to suggestions Mm -hmm. uh, and feedback from listeners Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, We are figuring out this process of, of intervening and trying to create space. Mm -hmm. And we do not think that we are perfect at it. Mm-hmm. We are trying to create an opportunity for conversation that really has not been there. So we're going to mess it up. And right. opportunities that's not tokenizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is another big concern. Right. Yeah. It's a huge concern. Yeah. So we hmm. are, we are a work in progress. Yep. Yeah. Which at least is a good thing, right? You yeah. see you know, some of the problems and you want to address them and you're going to, like, everybody makes mistakes, but recognizing them and then fixing them and mm-hmm. doing better next time is mm-hmm. part of the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Ooh. This has been a wonderful day with you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for very coming. much. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. If one wanted to get in touch with you, how can people find you in the interwebs? Well, there's always my email, which is cheshireburke at gmail.com. So that's C-H-E-S-Y-A-B-U-R-K-E at um, gmail.com. Um, or, you know, there's always Twitter. <laughs> I do not take kindly to racist, so trust me, you won't fare well. <laughs> and, Cheshire does um, not back down No, never. <laughs> never. So I'm going to have to And so there's always Twitter. There's always, you know, Facebook. There's always Instagram, even. Oh, the um, gram. Yeah, the gram. I'm definitely on the gram. So any of those places, feel free. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in and spending, giving us a portion of your day and, and thanking you also for allowing us to introduce you to our listener base this has been amazing. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It has yes. really been great. Really great conversation. Thanks oh. for having me. So we are going to wrap up this episode. Once again, I am Wanda Swan. I'm Shannon Palma. And you have been listening to Once, Once Upon, Upon a Patriarchy. Patriarchy.